They're stalling. The stupid, dumb cops are just buying their time. They're probably tracking us down right now. We already discussed that, Lynn. You said it yourself. He'll never talk. I say, what was that? I don't know. Oh, hello. Would you mind letting me out of here? The door button seems to be stuck. You know you're wasting your time. We modified the release mechanism. It only works from the outside. Oh, well that's unfortunate. Uh, am I to take it I've been kidnapped? Again? That's it. Ah, well I should probably warn you I'm notoriously of very low value. At last time my kidnappers didn't even get enough to cover the cost of a bus ticket home. Uh, I take it this other door over here opens directly into space. In case we get tired of you. Oh yes, yes, well it has been known to happen. Not much fun being locked in a cell, is it? No, no, of all the cells I've been locked in, I'd say this one wouldn't even make the top ten. Well, you better get used to it. Seems like none of your friends want you back. Ah, well, you're assuming I even have any friends. Uh, could be a big mistake on your part. Oh, they've gone. Oh, what a charming pair of young people. But lucky for me, I've prepared for just such an eventuality and always carry with me the Acme Hostage Survival Kit. Now, let's see what we have in here. A VHS copy of the episode Hostage. Well, something at least. Oh, and wouldn't you know it, I'm locked in the one cell in the universe that has a VHS player right here. How dramatically convenient. Let's see if I remember how to work one of these. Huh. Well, I'm sure watching this will teach me something to help me out of this jam. Maybe. Or not. Here's Supercar. Supercar! So, welcome back to Supercar on the Randomizer with Hostage. We are outside the, uh, the Shamrock Inn. And if that name didn't clue you in as to where we are today... Now. It's a night for the little people. That's what it is. Little people. <laughs> yes, the, uh, the, the uh, stereotypes behind the bar will clue you in. You'll be telling me next, the place is infested with smugglers. It is. Ah, and there's worse than smuggling goes on in these parts. Some say tis the big man himself has a hand in things. Or his men anyway, for a fact. Ah, fiddle. I shall retire. So that was what, th th less than 30 seconds and we had leprechauns and Lord alone knows what else. And speaking of what else, rocking up outside the Shamrock Inn where Dr. Beaker is currently staying, we have... Chime in his old governor. Nonsense Island's a fine country, quiet and peaceful. You found Harper and Judd. How far, haven't you? Well, this is their third and, I think, final appearance in the series. Um, the first time they've appeared on The Randomizer. And this is a pair of villains that I've, uh, I've always rather enjoyed with this show. Let's get inside before I catch pneumonia. And um, it's kind of a shame that they never appeared again. This is a uh, Harper is a for, for those who don't know Harper is a. Let's have something to drink. A, a disgruntled employee of a of a company who you know robbed. I think he robbed the blueprints to supercar from their safe, and, uh... It seems to me I've seen those two gentlemen somewhere before. Yes. Hurry, please! And, uh, Judd is his, uh, well, he's a prototype Parker. As you can probably hear from the, uh, the David Graham voice. Tis two of them. I thought I'd seen them. Hold your tongue, Eileen. It is. They work for the big man. Not the big man. I'll send for the police. Oh, and Harper's pulled a gun. You know about the big man then, eh? I should have kept my mouth shut. Ha! But there's no harm done. So in the previous two episodes, uh, Harper and Judd were working alone. Now they seem to be working for the big man. Careful, Father. He has a gun in his hand. That's... Oh, does he know? Right, well, I, uh, I'll, I'll leave you to it. Uh... I won't have to use it now, will I? All right. What do you want us to do? Just keep your mouth shut. And this, um, th this 
bartender and his daughter. The daughter has, I believe, been mentioned on uh, on Fab Live previously as looking very much like Olivia Coleman. My little Irish Colleen. Here, Gav. I don't know I like this. I know what I'm doing. Now, come on. And I think that her, her father, the uh, the bartender, looks rather like uh, Sam Kidd. By Jove. It's Harper and Judd. Now... And it only took me about two minutes to figure that out. Order again. A lie. Uh, they're kidnapping the bartender's daughter. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I must contact Mike immediately. That descended from this looks like a nice pub to let's kidnap the landlord's daughter with uh, record speed, I would have thought. What am I going to do? I, I would not distress myself unduly if I were you. She's only one daughter. I mean, no, no children are overrated, Mr. Bartender. Get here quite quickly. His name is Mike Mercury. I'm not quite sure why uh, Beaker is, is in Ireland. Um, holidaying, I suppose. Come on, let's get going. It sounds as if Beaker needs our help kind of urgently. OK, Mike. Roof doors opening. Um, could you not... Oh, no, they, they, the Harpen Judd said not to contact the police. I'm still not sure why, but... Uh... Here he goes. Supercar off to the rescue. Mike's, Mike's dressed rather warmly for, uh, for Ireland. And I believe this may be the only Anderson episode set in Ireland? All clear here, Mike. That's probably wrong, but uh, I can't remember too many Irish influences on, on Anderson stories. Mostly it was uh, Scotland. Scotland was the big place for uh, for the Anderson stereotypes to congregate. What might mean by that, Professor? Well, you see, Jimmy... Shut up! It's none of your business. The sun rises seven hours earlier in Ireland than it does here, so the night is going to seem very short to him. Right, Mike? Right, Professor. You make it clear as daylight. And daylight's what I'm going to hit five hours from now. So again, that's a nice uh, little sort of scientific lecture for the audience, uh, I, which I do like in this show. It's like they're not just going to overwhelm you with the uh, the mundane technicalities of supercar itself. Let's get some uh, sort of real-world geographical facts in there, too. I believe, Mike, they were um, Harper and Judd. Harper and Judd, eh? I'd like to get my hands on those two again. But the first thing... I mean, it's because the last time uh, the supercar team tangled with Harper and Judd, it was in Scotland. Uh, so they're visiting all the... Uh, the uh, the stereotype haunts. There's many a pound I'd pay to get me hands on the pair of them. But they come and go as they please. And there's nothing I can do while leaving me poor Eileen a prisoner. You don't know where their hideout is? I daren't follow them, sir. And this is a terrible hard place to move about in at night anyway. What do you think, Doc? Shall we try our old trick? Uh, what, what here in public, Mike? Oh, I see. It's worked before. And our friend Judd would steal anything, I'd say. Yes, they brought this, uh... Precisely. Oh, now, what was this? This was in a previous episode, a sort of... Prepare our trap. Homing device that they left in a briefcase. I think Master Spy stole it. So now they're going to leave it out for, uh, for Harper to steal. We have to go to the village, and you'll have to stay safe here. Yeah. Sorry, miss. Oh, good, the both of you. I can do without your company. Poor father. He'll be worried. And he'll not be able to do a thing about me. Oh, well, you are part chipmunk, by, judging by the look of your teeth. You could gnaw your way out. Yeah, Harper and Chad have just left her in a cell, not tied up. Um, and the cell looks rather loaded with uh, well, all sorts of weapons she could use to escape. Anyway. Oh, it's the Dublin Horse Fair coming soon. Hands to yourself this time, Judd. 
We only need supplies. But it was your idea to steal a whole woman last time we came here. It's a habit you could well do without. Come on. I do really like the Harper and Judd dynamic. It's like they're sort of the, the, the persuaders of... Um, Oh, the the landlord shaked his fist at his his fist at them. Eileen. Yeah, it's it's um you know they're both they're partners in crime, but one's come from a a, a wealthy background and the other is the uh, as I said the prototype Parker, Cockney uh, safe breaker. Put that in too. We want to look after her. And he's uh, spied the uh, suitcase that Mike and Beaker have left behind. It's in there, money. Nah, that's careless. Looks like an old man's takings to me. Well, that's the lot. Uh, we'll pay later. I hope you will, too. That's it. They're off. I wonder if Judd fell for our bait. If I knew Judd, yes. And good riddance to yous. And I'm right, so now we're several hundred pounds down. And we still haven't got his daughter back. Oh, but we have a nice uh, slow zoom in on an empty table. How's it coming, Doc? Uh, they're northeast. About five miles. Why have we always got to walk everywhere? Because <laughs> there aren't any roads, and if there were, it wouldn't be a hideout, would it? Well, it's all right for you, Governor. You ain't carrying this. No. Five miles. That's a long way for these these two to, to be hiking. What? Every single day, judging by the way they've behaved so far. That's valuable, that is. I like that little bit of incidental music, by the way. I don't think that's Barry Gray. I think that's from the... Uh, Far away. Oh, whatever music library it is that uh, they used to steal little extra bits of music like that one there. Um, it sounds a bit prisoner-ish. All right, my dear. Anyway, down in the cellar... Do you, if I have. What's that? Olivia Coleman and her mighty teeth. Might say, miss, from your father's bar. What is it? Money. Full of one-pound notes, that is. <laughs> Must be more than 500 quid there. Isn't that a likely thing now? As if my father would have a case with 500 pounds in it. And even if he had, do you think he'd leave it out for the likes of you to take? Listen. Considering that the Andersons were running on like one... That nine, one female voice artist through this show. I think Sylvia does quite well a lot of the time with these, these guest characters. I mean, not so much Jimmy, but I, I suppose Jimmy is just insufferable. That's not really her fault. That's the way the character's written. This could be a difficult place to search. Even with supercar. Oh. It's talking, Gav. A talking box. He'll talk about around here. I swear it is. Be quiet, you fool. I know those voices. So what, has the box malfunctioned? Is that why Harper and Judd can hear them? Oh. Joan the Crow. Harper's found the, uh, the radio under the money. It was a trap, see? It's a radio. Hear everything we say. So... We'll turn it to our advantage and tell them everything we want them to know. Can't you get it a bit more accurate than that, Doc? That's a rare technical malfunction for the supercar team. Oh. And Beak hasn't even got Jimmy around to, uh... He must have been switched on by accident. ...to blame. Oh, that was Mike, because he... They haven't heard us. I doubt it. If they did, they... Lent across the, uh... The radio there. Well, tonight... Flipped the, uh... The listen button over to talk. That's right. Governor, you go out and put the landing lights on then. <laughs> uh, we don't want the pilot to miss. Oh, Harper and Judd uh, are now leading them on. They didn't overhear us, Doc, or they wouldn't have been so obliging as to tell us they were laying out landing lights. Yes. Everything's going according to plan, Governor. Then, Mike? Yeah, I sure will. 
Why should I waste time searching around now when I can spot them in a couple of minutes by the landing lights? Mm. I'll bring Supercar right down at their front door. Just like they want. Put them nice and close together. We want Mike Mercury to make a nice, accurate landing, don't we? I suppose it does make the Supercar universe seem quite small that they've they've run into these guys again. On top of that! <laughs> oh, burying some dynamite for Mike to land on. Yeah, that they've run into these guys again. Mike Mercury. Not through any deliberate plan but just sheer coincidence that Beaker happens to be holidaying at the same same place as Harper and Judd are carrying out their latest naughty naughty plot as I said this time they're working for the big man but I don't think we actually ever see a big man in this pilot to console console here hello professor good that's established three-way contact now Dr. Beaker's about five miles away on the ground with a walkie-talkie oh I can see um I can see supercar the model is actually Oh, it's not anymore, but I could see at the back of Supercar, it was sitting on like a, a some sort of support thing. They were rotating it to be, um, you know, to, to, to be, I can't really describe this very well, what I've seen, but uh, it was whatever Supercar was balanced on that the stagehands would have been tilting to make it look like it was flying. It was visible for one shot there, but only one shot. Here it goes then. Anyway, Mike is now making his landing. Oh, on those lights and on top of the dynamite. Harper and Judd have buried. Are you right where you are, Mike Mercury? <gasps> He's been You're outsmarted. On top of enough dynamite to blow you to the moon. Professor, from Mike, have fallen into a trap. Now don't ask questions, just do as I say. And putting controls to remote. Harper and Judd are just letting him exactly three minutes from do this, right? just standing there. Fly back to base. What's Mike doing, Professor? I don't know, Jimmy. This is an emergency. I must do exactly as Mike has asked me. Three minutes from now. Without distraction, right, so shut up. So glad you could drop in. Come over here and don't try any tricks, or your supercar goes up in smoke, see? Okay, you're the boss. That's a rather creepy shot of Mike. He's illuminated by, by Harper's torch, but it's just... The entire frame was dark except for Mike's glowing face in the middle. This is Mike Mercury, Miss O'Farrell, oh. who has come to pay you a visit. But tell me, why have you left your engines running? Well, I'm not staying long, just long enough to collect Miss O'Farrell. Really? What makes you so confident of getting out at all? My amazing eyebrows. My gosh, they're looking very bushy today. We are far enough away to be quite safe. Okay, Judd. Let her go. Hold it. Supercar contains a secret rocket fuel. We might be quite safe from your dynamite, but if Supercar explodes, it'll blow this farmhouse clean off the face of the earth. Professor, I have lost contact with Mike. He is in difficulty, I'm sure. Uh, we know, Doctor. We are taking Supercar off without him in one minute from now. Roger. I'll approach hideout on foot. I shall take the radio with me. It's a very very bulky radio to be carrying for five months. I don't think your rocket fuel is that dangerous. Don't you? No. I might succeeded in stalling Harper quite uh, successfully. That's just what I'm going to do. Okay, Judd. All right, Gov. Oh, that's it. Made the cellar shake. Oh, and Miss O'Farrell is having a right turn, to be sure. Well, Mr. Mercury... We're still here, aren't we? But your supercar is... 
which would be a mildly effective advert break cliffhanger if we didn't know that it was uh, being piloted back on remote control. There it goes. Satisfactory. Watch the tech for me, will you, Jim? Oh, and Mitch has arrived to, uh, to liven things up a bit. Well, she appears to have got away satisfactorily. I wonder how near I am. I suppose it all depends on... Uh, wait, how did he decide that Supercar got away from the site that he hadn't actually reached yet? You better phone the big man about that, Gov. The big man? Who's he? Sure, and doesn't he run everything? Oh, Bigara. Between Dublin and Tralee. Including these two? Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. They neither look to have much of a spine, and that's a fact. Yeah, she don't think too highly of us, eh, Gov? Uh, yes, it would, would have been nice, I think, for, for Harper and Judd to come back. But I suppose one of the the, the stumbling blocks on that is uh, the departure of George Marcel for the second season. I think so much of what makes Harper work is that sort of snobbishness. Oh, the, the house they're hiding out in is a painting. That sort of, yeah, elite uh, snobbishness. The air of of superiority that Harper, Harper has. And, uh, what time is it? Cyril Shapps is a really great actor. I don't know if he could have um, carried that off quite as well. 6.25. But it would have made a change in the second series to have just one Harper and Judd episode rather than all the uh, the Master Spy and Zarin ones that we had. What'll you do when you get there? That I must admit I don't know, Jimmy. I have spent too much of my life peacefully to be a man of action like Mike. But something will turn up. It always does. How's that track? I'd say she was a bit too far... Yes, well, I don't give a damn what you think. I'll put in a correction. Is there a rotating supercar adjusting her course? While Beaker's having a nap. Is that supercar I can hear now, Professor? Uh, no, Jimmy, it's our other top-secret invention. Of course it's supercar. Shut up! That's it, opening those roof doors. And supercar's coming down. Mind out of the way, Jimmy. Jimmy, oh my god, it's squashed, Jimmy. Oh, well. Oh, thank goodness Jimmy was standing well out of the way. Hi, Jimmy. Refuel as quick as you can. <laughs> and they're making Jimmy refuel the thing. That's it, Professor. Ready when you are. Oh, and Professor Popkiss is going to go and uh, and save the day. Hold on. He is at the controls of Supercar, um, which I believe we've seen him at the controls before for... Uh, Full boost, both engines. For the sunken temple. Forgotten something, Jimmy? <clears throat> uh, sorry, Professor. So they've got Jimmy manning the console. Doors opening. <laughs> Good boy. Now give me full boost with both engines. Which uh, I suppose is, is slightly less dangerous than having him along as a sidekick. Instead, Popkiss is taking uh, Mitch along, which uh, seems a far superior idea than, uh, than taking Jimmy. Yeah, I'm airborne. I should be with you in about five or six hours. Roger, Professor. I will be standing by. Uh, once I've finished my nap. I'm getting a bit confused as to all the, the time zone variations in this episode. It seems to have been permanently night in Ireland for the entire story. Hello, Beaker. Is anything happening yet? Uh, not in this episode, Professor. It's, uh, it's all a bit quiet this week. Uh, no sign of movement yet. Uh, yes, boss. A uh, harper here. Bad news, I'm afraid. The, the, the hideout in Ballyan Bog has been uh, discovered. Discovered, you say? Harper, that's careless. B but we, we have them prisoner. Prisoner, you say, Harper? Now that's a different matter entirely. And much easier. Blow the place up. Blow it Ooh. up? But, boss. Strong words.
words from the big man. Even Harper's a bit taken aback by that. Good morning, Mike Mercury, Miss O'Farrell. Mike's eyebrows, Miss O'Farrell's teeth. Now? Sure, and it can't be too soon for me. I wouldn't be too hasty in celebrating, because when we go, uh, this place goes up too. But, but what about us? I'm sorry, we have our orders. And no time to make an alternative plan to look after you. You wouldn't do it. Why not? So Harper was initially taken aback at the idea of murder for about two seconds, and, uh... You seem very confident for a man in... Now he's all on board with it. Mike Mercury. I've been in worse. But this time, I think, is rather different. Because this time, you have no supercar to rescue you. Oh. I haven't. But he does. Here comes Popkiss and Mitch. Console, are you there, Jimmy? Console the supercar. Is everything all right? I'm just crossing the... I was just calling to check you haven't electrocuted yourself or anything, or, or any other unforeseen uh, accidents. Supercar, calling Dr. Baker. Hello, supercar. How far away are you? I should be right over you in a few minutes. Keep transmitting, and I'll home on you with the radio. Oh, I love the Mitch puppet. He's so he's so expressive, even though he's not. His face isn't at all animated. It's just those big eyes. Looks as though our friend constantly he's constantly reacting and, and rolling his head around. And I believe Mike and Miss O'Farrell may still be inside. Oh no! I'm afraid, Eileen. Do you think they mean it then? What they say? I'm afraid so, Eileen. Unless. Supercar, Omega. I should be above you about now. Oh, hurry up then! I beg you. Things are moving fast down here. And I've had enough of standing in a forest doing nothing. Can you hear anything, Governor? Uh oh. It can't be. Not Supercar. We destroyed it. Oh well, carry on. Yep, Harper and Judd are laying down the. Uh oh. 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 Ah. Now they appear to be in some... Wait, who dug that hole they just fell into? I suggest that if you land quickly, you may, um, catch them bending. Oh, they are, Mitch. I think there may be a little job for you in a moment. Oh, it's about time we've justified Mitch's inclusion in this story. Wait, was that the hole that... Oh, that's probably the hole that their explosives blew up earlier. Down right on top of us! And that was the end of Harper and Judd. Squashed. Eileen, do you hear that? Supercar's engines. The professor has made it. Come on, Eileen. Oh, it's glad I am to hear you say it, Mike. Don't let our friends get away. I'm going to find Mike and Aileen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Popkiss has, has authorised Mitch to use lethal force, smashing them over the head. Are you all right? Sure, and it's glad I am to see you, Professor. Uh, shut up with these stereotypes, Mike. <laughs> it's all right. I, I have someone looking after them. Come and see for yourselves. Oh, actually, maybe this is why uh, Harper and Judd never returned again. Massive head trauma. I don't reckon they can give us much trouble now. Oh. Oh, gosh. Right, so, uh, yeah, Mitch was conking them on the head with a stick. The last shot of Mitch, Harper and Judd have actually disappeared. Presumably passed out. Um, or worst case scenario, they have had their skulls caved in, thanks to Mitch. Um, I think that's probably an acceptable reason as to why we never see them again, and that was Hostage, which um, I've never been a big fan of this one. I I sort of give Supercar a pass for 
the the limitations of the production it has to be very small scale but uh, yeah it just it felt a bit um it's mercury man i don't know as a send-off for harper and judd which it wasn't really but for their last appearance it's, it's not very dramatically satisfying it's just uh, a little harmless little romp in ireland but nothing much more than that really 